Okay, we're learning Daf Chaf Aleph, but we're starting still in Chaf Amin Beis, uh, towards the bottom, three lines up. Amimar, Shachvali Barbare, the son of Amimar's son passed away. So Kari Lara, Amimar tore Kriya. Um, the, the, the expectation was, and at least it's codified in Shulchan Aruch, is that a person tears Kriya even for the secondary relatives, like a grandson. So Asabare Karbape, his son came and he ripped. In other words, Amima ripped again once his son came. In other words, once his son came, so out's the covet of him, uh, out's the covet of his son being in mourning, he ripped again. The first time he was doing it, he wasn't in his son's presence. So he tore a second time when his son came. So it's like one was out himself, out's his grandson, and then out's the covet of his son. When he, when he came, he, he ripped again. It's got to be Yishavkar, but then he remembered that, hey, where, what, what, what position was I in when I ripped? I was sitting down. So therefore, come, he got up, kara, he ripped the third time, mu'umad, while he was standing up. So you see from this, from this story that a person is only yaitzi, the chiv of kriya, if they did the ripping while they were in a position of standing. So I'm like, what's the source for this? How do we know, Ravashi asked that you're only yaitzi, the kriya, if you do it while you're standing? It says, Eov got up and he ripped his coat. So he was here, Eov's children passed away. So we see that he stood up. You're saying Vayakam is literal. Like in, if you find a Pasuk that says get up, it means literally standing up versus sitting down. So what about the Pasuk by Chalitza? Right? This is when the, the context that the guy doesn't want to do Yibum. So there's a whole ceremony. She takes off his shoe, the spitting. And then it says, He will stand and say that I didn't want to take her. So are we going to say that you're only Yoytzei if Chalitza is done while they're standing? The Chalitza is good in any position. It doesn't make a difference sitting, standing, or leaning. Ah, it says, We have to say it's a figure of speech. He will get and say. He will stand and say. Stand and say means, you know, that's the next step in the thing. It doesn't necessarily mean in a literal stance. So maybe here when it says that Eov stood up and ripped his clothing, also we shouldn't understand it to mean literally. And it's not a makar that you're only Yetzir Kriya when you're, when you're standing up. We see that sometimes it's a figure of speech to stand up and do something, right? We see that all the time. So the Gemara says, Amalei, Hassan Lopsi, Vigamot, Vigomar. It doesn't say he should do that. It doesn't say he should get up and he should say, it says, this is what he did. So basically we're saying that that, and he will get up and say, that's just a figure of speech. But whenever it says either he should do this or it says this is what the person did, it's describing like a single event. This happened, factual. He stood up and he did then that's describing something that has to be done that way. So the Pasuk there by Chalitza wasn't saying that. It was just a figure of speech, and he will stand and he will do. It's not, it's not something which we can say is actually literal. But generally, and he stood and he did, that would be literal. Says the Gemara, another Amara, Amara Rami Barchama, Minayin the Kriya Shehimumad, what's the source? So we get the same thing. Says the Gemara, How do we know that Eov, what he was doing, standing and ripping, is mechaivet is, is to do it. It's like anything he, Eov did when he mourned is going to be a real source for us in halacha. But how do we know that? Maybe Eov just did extras. And we see that Eov did extras. If you would not suggest that, the Pasuk says he ripped the hair off his head. He was in such a state of grief, he ripped off the hair. So Achanami, are you going to say that that's halacha? That there's a chiyah for a mourner to rip his hair off. There's no chiyah to do that. That's beyond the letter of the law. So the same way that's beyond the letter of the law. So maybe standing up is also beyond the letter of the law. So the Gemara says, you're right. So Eov is not a good makar. Rather we look at this. The king stood up and he ripped. So this is by King David HaMelech. Um, there was a story that, uh, that he was told that Avshalom killed a bunch of his children. He really only killed one. But 
he, the king was in mourning, so it says that David HaMelech stood and he ripped his clothing. So, Frank the the same question, maybe David HaMelech wasn't just doing with the technical halacha, he went beyond the letter of the law. If you don't say that, it says that he lay on the ground. You're going to say that he has to lie on the ground. So the point that Gemara is saying is you don't have to lie on the ground. You could, what do we do? We overturn the bed, which again, we don't do today. Today we don't overturn the beds. But in the time of Chazal, they overturned the beds in the house and then they slept on the bed, meaning on the overturned bed. They didn't have to be mamish on the ground itself. They just overturned the bed and then they sleep on the overturned bed close to the ground. So it says in the passage that David slept on the ground. Isn't that beyond the letter of the law? You don't have to be on the ground mamish. Uh, and, 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 and uh, if you're going to tell me that David HaMelech wasn't Mekayim Kfiyas Amita and he was sleeping on the ground, was, maybe you're going to tell me basically that he didn't turn over his bed. So in, in, light, in, in, in not turning over his bed, the only thing you could do was sleep on the ground. But we know it's not true. If you didn't overturn your bed, but you just slept on a, on a, right, on a regular bed, a chair, a mortar, even if you slept on the ground, you're not Yotze. Meaning it's not enough to, to sleep on the ground. You have to turn over the bed. The person wasn't Mekai in the mitzvah of overturning the bed. No matter how uncomfortable it is in the position you're sleeping, there's still a literal din that you have to overturn their bed. As we said, there's two separate things. We may not do it today, but besides for the din that you have to be on the ground, there's also a din that the beds should be overturned. So clearly, David HaMalach, did you overturn the beds? We're not going to say he didn't Mekai, he wasn't Mekai in the halacha. So he overturned the beds. And yet... He still says he's sleeping on the ground. So that's beyond what's necessary. You could just overturn the bed and sleep on the overturned bed. So I, why is he sleeping on the bed? Must be that he's doing beyond the letter of the law. So if David HaMelech is doing beyond the letter of the law, so now our question comes back. How could it from the fact that David HaMelech stood up? How could that be Makar? That Kriya has to be done standing up. Maybe it was just beyond the letter of the law. So the Gemara responds, The puzzle doesn't mean he was literally on the floor. It means it was similar to being on the floor. It was close to being on the floor, meaning he was sleeping on the overturned bed. Sleeping on the overturned bed was close to being on the floor. Right, it's low down. So the pasuk doesn't mean though that he overturned the bed and was literally on the floor, but rather that he was on the overturned bed. So we don't have any makar that David did beyond the letter of the law. And now David Amelech, the fact that he stood up and he ripped is in fact a good makar. It's a good source for us. And in order to be in the mitzvah of Kriya, you have to stand up. So we end up getting that source from David Amelech. Says the Gemara, Tan Rabbanan, Elu Tavam Shavasbehem. We go through the dinam of Avilis. These are the dinam that are also to an Avil. A lot of these things we had back on Daft Tezvav. Also from Allah, he's not allowed to do work. Berachitza, he's not allowed to be at Besichah, he can't smear himself with oils. Tashma Shemitah, he can't have relations with Elisha Sazando, he can't wear shoes. Also, Likra Batur Nefi Maksuvim, he's not allowed to study Torah. Belichons, but Mishnah, Mishnah, but Metrish, Halachas, Vashas, Vagados. If the public needs him, meaning he's a public lecturer, the people need, or else they can't learn, then Eno Nimna, he shouldn't refrain, meaning he shouldn't hold back, then he's allowed to. It's not for his personal simcha, it's for the public, the public's needs. Umayzah, there was once a story of Meis Benosh, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi from Tzipori, the town of Rabbi Yossi's son died. He went to the base Medrash and he gave Shirim the whole day. And what was the hatter? The hatter was that the public needed him. Says the Gemara, another story, Rabbi Barachan is Rabbi Milsa, something that happened to Rabbi Barachan, one of his relatives died. He thought that he wouldn't go give the regular shear. Chanina said to him, The public needs him. He shouldn't hold back. So he said, Okay, if I could give the shear, then maybe I could have my Amora. I could have my, my speaker. The way it used to be is that the, 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 the person giving the shear, the lecturer, could, his voice wasn't necessarily able to carry throughout the whole room. So he would kind of whisper the shear pretty quickly to the person next to him. 
And then that person next to him would be like a human mouthpiece where he would then like to say it really loud and, and slow for the people to hear. So once he has a hatter to teach you this year, so why not do it in the regular way where, where, where you even have an Amora? So Amalei Ra, Rav told him, Tanya, you can't do it in the regular way. Even though you're allowed to teach Torah if the public needs you, but you should still do it differently. You shouldn't have a speaker. In other words, you're demonstrating that something's different today. So you're going to, you know, whatever it is, you'll get the shear done yourself quietly, but you're not supposed to have a whole public thing that the way it's normally done, where you set up a speaker. Says the Gemara, so how do you do it then? And how should you do it? Um, in other words, if you can't hire a speaker, then, then, then what's going on? How can you give a shear? So the Gemara says, "Ki other times be like the price of my son beneath the nose. Rabbi the Ba'alai, Rabbi the Ba'alai, his sons from Nechlas Beis Medrash. Rabbi the Ba'alai is the regular Rabbi Yudah. So he comes in to give the shir of Nechlas. Rabbi Chanan ben Akavi, Akavi of Elshel Betzidah. Chanan the son of Akavi came sat beside him. For Lachos Rabbi Chanan Akavi, he just whispered his Rabbi Chanan Akavi. Rabbi Chanan Akavi, the Torkman. Then Chanan ben Tavia turned it over to the Torkman. The Torkman is from the other Rabbi. The Torkman then did it aloud for the public. So meaning, what happens is that." Instead of the speaker directly telling the Matorgamon, the speaker whispers it to a middle person. The middle person then takes it over to the Matorgamon, and then the Matorgamon is able to do it. So that's, again, that's a deviation. And as long as it's a deviation for the way that it's normal done, normally done, where the lecturer would, would directly tell the Matorgamon, then it is okay. Says the Gemara, we're going to talk about tefillin here. So back on Daf Tezvav, we spoke about wearing tefillin, that an oval doesn't wear tefillin. What was the source? So it says that Hashem told Yechezkel, again, Yechezkel had to mourn, his wife was going to be taken, but Hashem told him not to mourn because he couldn't be consoled. Like the state of Kal Yisrael was so bad that the, the tragedies which, be, which befell them, they, they, was, they were beyond consolation. So Hashem says to, to Yechezkel, you should don your glory, you should look glorious. What the Gemara says is a reference to tefillin. And we learn from there that a regular mourner who is absorbing the laws of mourning does not wear his tefillin. Because even though an avil is chayv and mitzvahs generally, but tefillin is something like considered glorious, like a splendor, like you look really good with your tefillin. And that's something which an avil should not wear. So how many days of avilas does an avil not wear his tefillin? And this represents that there are different varying degrees of intensity towards Avelos, even though it's a block of seven days, but it's not all of the same level of an intensity. So, it's also to wear for the first three days of the Shiva, but starting from the third day, and including the third day, so we don't really mean three full days, right? It's really two days that he doesn't wear the tefillin. And then on the third day, he wears tefillin. Most Rishonim understand that what it's saying is he waits a little bit into the third day and then he puts on the tefillin. That's the understanding of most Rishonim. Other Rishonim say that even right away, you can wear it. The language of the Bryce is a little bit difficult, but it, according to the other Rishonim, it just means right away, with the beginning of the third day, he could wear the tefillin. The uh, Imbo Panachadashos, let's say new faces showed up on the third day. So meaning they're going to see him wearing tefillin. They weren't there for the first two days to see him not wearing tefillin. So if he's wearing tefillin, maybe you should say he should take them off because there's going to be Mara sign. They're going to say, oh, if he's wearing tefillin on day three, probably he was wearing tefillin on day two and one. They were going to accuse him wrongly. So the Mara says, no, we don't say that. He doesn't have to take it off because why should we assume that, right? He's wearing it on day three. They're not going to accuse him of doing the wrong thing before. So he doesn't have to take it off on day three. This is all the words of Rabbi Eliezer. So Rabbi Eliezer's position is that for the first two days of Avelos, there is no tefillin. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, really, it's only for the first two days. From day two and day two, and including second day, he's allowed to wear the tefillin. So again, that's a little bit complicated what the language means. It means sometime on day two already he's wearing tefillin. Does it mean right away with sunrise, or does it mean that he has to wait a little bit of time on day two before he does it? Again, a dispute in the Rishonim. But at any rate, the Avil is only restricted from the one full day of wearing tefillin. 
But after that one full day, the Avil then wears tefillin regularly. But if new people come on the second day, he should remove them. So even though he's mutter to wear tefillin, he should remove them in front of new people. Why? Somebody might think that it's the first day of Shiva. So if somebody's going to think it's the first day of Shiva, they don't know exactly what day it is, and they see he's wearing tefillin, they're going to accuse him wrongly. So essentially what we have here is, a, is two different points. We have one point, how long is the Israel to wear tefillin? Is it only on the first day? That's Rabbi Yeshua. According to Rabbi Lezer, it's the first two days. And then another point, if you're wearing tefillin after when you're allowed to, but somebody else shows up, do you have to take them off? Somebody wasn't there before because they might think that, you hadn't, that, that it's the wrong day of Shiva and that you're wearing tefillin when you shouldn't be. So now the Gemara tells us the basis for this. It says the days of mourning for Moshe ended. Days imply at least two days. So we see that the Iker time of mourning is at least the first two days. So therefore, we see that there were at least two complete days of mourning for Moshe Rabbeinu, so we shouldn't wear tefillin for the first two days. That it's only one day. We're talking about when a person sins. So Hashem is going to say it's going to be like the, the end is going to be like the bitter day. There's like a day of mourning, which is one bitter day, and that's what it's going to be for that person. So we see that there's one bitter day of Avelas. What is that one bitter day? The day you bury a person and you're, you're in mourning. So, so we see that it's like one bitterness, one day of bitterness, that's the most intense day of mourning. So it's only the first day that you don't have to wear the tefillin. So now the Gemara says, what does Rabbi Yeshua do with It's mash with that. There was at least two days of mourning for Moshe. Moshe was different. The mourning was especially intense because it was Moshe Rabbi, right? It was the God of Adar, the greatest person. But regularly, the intense mourning is only one day. Rabbi Lazar says that it's Tuesday, that it's two days. What does he do with the Pasuk that says it's only one? He says, The main bitterness, you're right, is only one day. That most intense pain of bitterness is one day. But the essence of mourning is still for the, fir- is still for the first two days. How do we paskin? Regarding whether you have to take it off if new people show up. Remember, there was two issues. When is Me'ikar Adin, do you wear the tefillin? Only on day, only on day, through, day three, according to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shua says already on day two you wear the tefillin. That's one issue. Second issue is if new people show up who might not know what day of Shiva it is, should you take it off without Smar Zayin? So we pass on that Rebbe Lazar in regard to taking off the tefillin that you don't take it off when new people show up if you're wearing it when you're supposed to be wearing it. We pass on that Rebbe Yeshua in regard to putting on tefillin in the first place, which means that on day two already you should be putting on tefillin. So what about on day two of Shiva? If somebody new comes, should you take them off or not? Meaning it's a little complicated because the halacha is like Rebbe Eliezer that you don't have to take it off when you're wearing it. Mitat Cheney, we're passing like Rabbi Yeshua that you're supposed to start wearing it on day two. But Rabbi Eliezer, who says you don't take it off when you're supposed to be taking it off, he himself, Lashita, so it's only from day three and on. So now that we're passing like Rabbi Yeshua, that you should put it on on day two, what would happen if on day two itself somebody shows up who wasn't there the day before? What's the halacha? Do you take it off or do you not? So Tashamah, you remove them and wear them again and again, even 100 times. So meaning, every time a new person shows up, you have to remove your tefillin. Just in case the Marasan, every time then he leaves, you put them back on again. So we're not talking about from the third day or not. There we pass our blessing. You don't have to. So it must be he's talking about on day two. So on day two, you do have to take off your tillin because somebody might think it's day one and accuse you wrongly. But from day three and on, you don't have to. So bottom line, on day two, you put on tillin. If there are Panam Khadashas who show up, there's a Marasan, you shouldn't wear the tillin. But then from day three and on, you could keep them on regularly. However, the Gemara tells us. Uh, so first for a second time, we have support to Ula from rice. You have to take them off every time a new person comes, even if it's a hundred times, you're putting on tefillin the whole day. You have to be concerned for the Marasai. As soon as you put them on the day two of Shiva, you don't have to take them again. Meaning Rava is passing differently. Rava is saying there's no Marasai. Once we pass, you put it on for day two. Even if new people show up to the Shiva, you don't have to take them off. 
What did he say? That you need three days of Shiva before the regal cancels Shiva. Remember, we were having a machlokis yesterday. How much of Shiva has to be observed before the regal can cancel it? Our Mishnah said three days. We said yesterday that there's other Tanam who hold even just one moment of Shiva, minimal amount of Shiva, then the regal can cancel it. Rava said we possibly need three days. So it seems that Rava holds the Iker Azman of Avelis is three days. So how could Rava here say that already you could, you could wear your tefillin on the second day, implying that the intensity of Shiva is only one day, if he seems to say that in order for the regal to cancel, it has to be three days. So the Gemara says, mitzvah shiny, a mitzvah of tefillin is different. Meaning, really, you're right. The Iker's man of Avelis is the first three days. But to, not, to nullify the mitzvah of tefillin is a big, is a big chiddush, right? A person is supposed to wear tefillin. It's more than just, you know, a good thing. It's a mitzvah. So if it's a mitzvah, so the mitzvah, as soon as the first day passes, then he should. I'll just practically tell you, it's a huge machlokas that we shown him. It really comes, by the way, some of the best concepts here, is that um, uh, um, we're saying, so it's really only one intense day of bitterness, and then on the second day, you wear the tefillin. What's the achrisa kiyomar? So the opinion of maybe the Riv comes from the Rambam, is that the day of death is also the day of burial. In other words, if someone is buried on the day that they die, so you have the most intense thing because they were in Onin before, it was really intense grief, and then they were buried also on that day. The rest of that day is a dinda arisa of Avelis. But if the burial is not on the day of death, even though it's the first day of Shiva and after the burial, it may not be Daraisa. That's the opinion of Menorishon. The first day is Daraisa only if it's also the day of the death. So according to Menorishonim, an interesting Chiddush comes out. You're, this din that you don't put on tefillin on day one is only when day one is also the day of death. So then you have the intensity of the din the real full intensity, and for the duration of the day you wouldn't. But in any situation where the burial is not the day of the death, then after the burial, in fact, you should put on tefillin, according to many Rishon. Other Rishonim disagree? No, it's the first day of Shiva, irrespective of whether or not it's also the, the first day, also the day of death. So what do you do, right? What are you going to do? So the nice that most people put on without a bracha. Most people don't make a bracha, but they put on. That's usually. So they make a tanai. It's an interesting, uh, interesting chiddush. What would you think of, just to think about it a little bit? You have another shaila about whether or not you wear tefillin on Tisha B'Av. It comes from this idea that you're going to wear it only in the afternoon, but not in the morning. In the most intense part of the day, you're not going to wear it. I mean, again, it's machlokas rishonim if it's true, you don't. But 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 at some part point in Tisha B'Av, when it's a little lightens up a little bit, then you will put on the tefillin. Can we say with the bracha? Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, our minog, it's interesting. Many of you we should do it in the morning also because on my side, it's not this most intense, you know? Like who said it's like the first day of Shiva? Basically, that's the question. I know you're in mourning, right? But who said you're in the level of mourning that's equal to the first day of Shiva? Who said? Who, is there any din in the laws of Tishvah that indicated it has that severity? So maybe it's something which is unique to the first day of Shiva. You don't put on tefillin. So many Rishonim questioned at all. So we reached some sort of compromise. And in the Hanami, we put on tefillin. But, you know, in sensitivity, we only put it on in the afternoon. Says the Gemara, For the first three days, it's absolutely forbidden to him to do malacha. We saw back on Daf Tezvav why it is that he can't do malacha. We had a source. It's like the Chag. Even if he's a very poor person, you're not allowed to do anything the first three days. From the first three days on, if he is very poor, he's allowed to do malacha, but only discreetly in his home. A woman after the third day of Shiva, she could spin with the spindle privately. Um, in her home. Again, only if she is worked and the spindle is considered casual and pr- private and therefore it could be done 
during Shiva if she is poor. The mourner during the first three days cannot go to another base of In other words, if someone else is shooting Shiva, he's not supposed to leave the house. For the first three days, you don't leave the house. You stay where you are. You can go. You shouldn't sit together with the people consoling, but rather when he goes to his friend's house, he should sit in the place of the mourners. He should sit together with the mourners and not sit on the place of the people paying condolences. Okay. For the first three days, he's not allowed to greet other people. He cannot initiate a greeting. He cannot respond in any way. He cannot, you know, engage in that kind of thing. From the third day until the seventh day, he can respond if someone greets him, but he cannot initiate a greeting to somebody else. From after the Shiva Anan, he can, he can greet and respond either way, in the normal way he is allowed to. So the Gemara analyzes. We said the first three days he can't greet anyone. Vatanya says in Rites of Masmi, Mace, the Messiah, Mace, Bano, Shorabi Kiva, Rikiva's sons, Rikiva's sons died. So Alt Kaiso came in, right? They had a huge eulogy for Rabbi Akiva. When they were taking leave from him, Rabbi Akiva stood up. He stood up on a large bench. He said, You should listen to me. Even if I buried two married sons, I would have been consoled by all this honor that you did for me. In other words, he's saying, Here I only buried one, only one unmarried son, so it's not as bad as a thing, and I'm definitely, definitely comforted. If you came to honor Akiva, Akiva Bashuk. There are many Akivas in the market that you don't honor this way. The reason all of you came is because you said that the Torah Elokim is in his heart. So you came for the covet, not for me personally, but for the covet of the Torah. So all the more so, all your reward should be doubled up. It should be doubled up for what you did. And then he told them, Go to your homes in peace. So Rabbi Akiva gave them a bracha. He gave them, he said, Go to your homes in peace. So he was in the beginning part of Shiva, and he's still giving uh, brachas out. So you see, you're allowed to initiate She'ila Shalom, even though you're during Shiva. So the Gemara says, Kavod Ravim Shani. There it was different because it was respect to the public. When do we say in the first three days you're not allowed to initiate any greetings or anything? That's during the first three days of Shiva to a regular person. But when it's to the public, then you're allowed to do these good, grand blessings um, out to the covet of What was the next part of the rites? Let me show Shabbat Shiva from the third until the seventh day. Meshiv, you could respond to a greeting if somebody greeted you. If it ain't no show up, but you shouldn't initiate the greeting. From after the seventh day, you can even greet normally. So what happens? We're saying after Shiva is over, a mourner is allowed to initiate and respond regularly. That's what it seems to be. It's against this from the price of Moses. Someone met his friend who's in mourning, but still within the days of Shloshim. And you should offer some sort of condolences. You, the consoler, should not initiate a greeting. After 30 days, you could, you could greet him. At that point, it's already not appropriate to offer him condolences. If his friend's wife, if his friend's wife died and he already, your friend already remarried quickly, during Shloshim, normally you're not supposed to do that, but you're allowed to do that in pressing circumstances like a person who hasn't yet had children. I'll submit to a proof of who he can get married within 30 days. So what happens if you meet your friend 
and he's got a new bride, and it's within the 30 days that his previous wife died. In that scenario, you shouldn't enter his home and offer condolences because it's disrespectful to the new wife. The new wife might be offended. Here he is, he's in a new relationship, and you're going to offer condolences for his previous wife. So even though normally within Shloshim, it's, it's appropriate to offer some sort, some sort of condolence, but not if he's remarried to a new woman. But so if he met him in the marketplace, he should offer him condolences quietly and with a sense of seriousness. So anyways, what do we see from the bride? So that even after Shiva, if it's within the 30 days of Shloshim, there's no greeting to a mourner. So here, not only does a mourner not greet other people, you shouldn't even initiate a greeting to a mourner within Shloshim. Koshikin v'koshikin, that the mourner shouldn't be offering greetings to other people. So this contradicts all the brides. So the other brides who are saying that once Shiva is over, a mourner can even initiate greetings to other people and certainly respond. Here in the brides who are saying that within the Shloshim, even other people should be cognizant and aware that they shouldn't greet the mourner regularly. So which one is it? What is the law within Shloshim? Are there regular greetings or are there not? One Shiva passes, he can greet other people since these other people are not in mourning. Actually, he could greet them. But still other people cannot greet him. Because he is not at peace. So we're saying as follows, a little bit tricky. We're saying after the Shiva, but when the Shloshim is still there, yes, it's true that he is allowed to initiate greetings to other people. That what the Bryce said was true. The Abel can say, hi, how are you? Good morning. But other people should not do that to the Avel. They should instead offer him a sense of condolence, but not a greeting in him, asking him how he is. Very interesting distinction. The first price has said that after three days, he returns a greeting. If someone else said, it sounds like other people greet him. So in other words, we're saying that, what are we coming out? That, that, that until the Shloshim are over, are over, other people shouldn't initiate a greeting. But still we're going to have a steer up because even if we say from, from seven until 30, he can initiate a greeting, but other people shouldn't initiate a greeting to him. But what about the other way? It said between seven and, and between three and seven, that, that, that he doesn't offer any greetings to other people, but if other people ask him how he is, he can respond, right? But clearly it sounds like other people can ask, right? That's what we're saying. It sounds like he's responding. It sounds like they can ask him. But then we said in the bride, so that from seven to 30, he shouldn't initiate greetings. Other people shouldn't, shouldn't, other people shouldn't ask him how he is. So basically what's our stira? Should other people ask him how and awful how he's doing? We said in the second bride, so until Avelos, until 30 days is over, they should not. And the other brides that we talk about, the Avo responding to a greeting that someone gave him from day three to day three to day seven. So the Gemara says, the lo yadi. No, we're talking about someone who didn't know. Meaning, the first bride that was telling him he should respond if someone offered him a greeting is for someone didn't know he was mourning. So they gave him a good greeting. So in that case, he's allowed to respond after the first three days of Shiva. But in a Hanami, what should the other people do? They shouldn't offer him a greeting until after the Shloshim. Okay, so it shouldn't be done. Other people should not offer him a greeting. But if they did from day three and on, he responds. Says the Gemara, if we're talking about a case that it was, he was greeted out of ignorance and he's responding, so even during the first three days of Shiva, he should respond. In other words, what's going on? If somebody asked you how, how you are and, and they didn't know you were an Avos, so even in the first three days of Shiva, why can't you respond? So the Gemara explains, no, no, in the first three days of Shiva, what's appropriate is that you should inform them that you're in mourning and you should not respond to the greeting. You should say, I'm sorry, I'm an Avos. That's what you should say. But after the first days of Shiva, you don't have to inform them you're mourning. You can rather greet them. So what do we say? So we're saying as follows. In the first three days of Shiva, he doesn't ask anyone how they're doing. They should, no one should ask him how he's doing. If somebody does ask him how he's doing in the first three days of Shiva, he should inform them he's an Avon. If it's after the if it's after the first three days, he's, if somebody did the wrong thing and asked him how he is doing, he is allowed to respond. But 
he shouldn't ask other people what's going on. Um, he shouldn't initiate greetings during the Shiva. After the Shiva, he may initiate greetings. From day, th- from day 7 until day 30, he may, he may initiate greetings. But again, the right thing from the, even after day 7 until the Shloshim ends, it is not appropriate for other people to ask him how he is doing. Okay, that's what comes out. Um, but again, Vada, if they ask him how he is, he may respond. <clears throat> All right. And then the second price have finished off that after Shloshim, then it's Mashma, anybody could and should greet him regularly. And they should offer him no condolences. We have yet another bride. Someone who meets his friend who's in Avelos. But she's during the 12 months. The 12 months of the death of a relative. We should offer him condolences and not greet him. So here we see that that rule continues until after the whole year. After 12 months, they greet him and they don't after offer condolences. He can speak consolingly indiscreetly. Meaning you can wish him that he should be comforted without mentioning the death. Rabbi says, someone who meets his friend after a year and he gives him tankumen, what can be compared? A person who had his foot broken, he healed. He already healed. Doctor met him and he said, come to me for treatment. I can break it again, and then I can cure it. You should know how good I am at curing things. So that's ridiculous, right? If my foot healed, of course, don't break it again to show me that you can cure it. So do it here. After 12 months, when you come in and start offering condolences, it's disrespectful at that point. You know, you're, the guy already already has, has gotten up completely and here you are offering condolences. It's just weird. So don't do that. So bottom line is though, it says that even after Shloshim is over, it, you should continue offering condolences and not offering greetings for after 30 days until, until the year is over. Whereas the previous bride was saying once Shloshim ended, then you can give regular greetings. So the Gemara says, Lo kasha, The bride is speaking about someone with the loss of the father or mother. In the early bride, we're talking about relatives. If it's a father or mother within a period of mourning is longer and it's a full year, in that case, you should offer condolences the whole year and you shouldn't ask regular, regular, regular Sheila Shalom. But for other relatives, it's completely over after the Shloshim. And therefore, after the Shloshim, you can greet him in the most ordinary way and you shouldn't offer condolences. Says the Gemara, Hasam Nami, even if it's the loss of another relative, his friend should at least console him indirectly. Meaning we said after Shloshim, just like what we, we, he said, we don't offer condolences anymore if it's another relative. But at least do it indirectly without mentioning the death. Meaning the same way that we said for a parent after 12 months, when you don't give Tanchumen, but you could give, in, you could give it like discreetly. You could do like an indirect way of Tanchumen without mentioning the death. So, 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 so to here for a regular relative after 30 days, why can't you do that? And the Gemara says, you could if you want. What do the brides mean when it says don't offer condolences? That means don't do the regular way. You could always do it indirectly without mentioning the death and comfort him in that way. So let's try to get a summary of this because this was a little bit complicated. And between us, I think this is most one of the most unknown halachos of Avelos. This dinim about asking an Avel how he is doing and this and that. So let's try to get a summary of what we have. The first three days of Shiva, an Avel shouldn't greet other people and no one should agree to him. And even if somebody does greet him, he shouldn't respond. Rather, he should tell them, I'm sorry, I'm sitting on Velas. He should inform them that he is in mourning. After the first three days, until the end of the Shiva, he's not supposed to initiate any greeting to anyone else. But if somebody greets him wrongly, they shouldn't, but if somebody greets him wrongly, then he is allowed to respond. After Shiva, he is allowed to regularly greet other people. Other people should still not greet him until after the Shloshim. They should just offer him uh, different uh, condolences. But in the case where somebody who did, then certainly he should respond to him. 
In the case of someone who lost a parent, then that continues until after 12 months. Again, he, can initiate, he could initiate greeting to other people. Other people, when they meet him, instead of greeting him regularly, they should offer him condolences. But after Shloshim, for regular people, other relatives, they can, other people could greet him in the regular way. And they shouldn't do explicit condolences. They could do with ones that don't mention the deceased. Um, and that's what after 30 days. And for a parent, they should, they, they, they should offer him condolences after 12 months. After 12 months, they should, no offer, they should no longer offer him condolences. But if they'd like, they can offer him certain like indirect ones um, if they choose.